Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Shitty Christians. I'm your host, Zachary Alley. And I'm Michael Tamer. Michael. Michael, I'm walking on sunshine oh, this morning. Oh, man. It is the best fucking day. This is the best day I've had in a long time. I cannot believe how much fun I had watching Left Behind 3. Left Behind 3, World at War. A movie that single-handedly redeems an entire franchise. <laughs> a movie that not only answered so many of our concerns yeah, from last like week's listened to last week's episode last week's episode then went back in time to make this movie <laughs> not only did it fully understand the feelings yes. of the previous film as we yelled about them that's right but then brought even more to the table in for in the form of a porcelain gun toting president who wants to cap motherfuckers <laughs> for christ oscar winning <laughs> I mean, but actually, though, he won for officer and a gentleman, right? That's right. And evidently, he was a good officer because now he's the president. Louis, Louis, uh, Louis Gossett Jr., bringing it home. He's legitimately good in this movie. So That's the thing you can't, can't ever take from Louis Gossett Jr. You can Jr. never take that from Louis, from Mr. Gossett Jr. Uh, yeah, I cannot wait to get into this movie. It is <laughs> by far... Goes straight to the upper echelon oh, of yeah. films we've reviewed on this podcast. This is right up there with Assassin 33 in my book. Oh, yeah. In many ways, I think, improved. Oh, yeah. Uh, there is just so much action, so many things happening. Every scene is insanity. Yeah, I mean, you could. We're not going to do it. You could honestly do one of those three or four hour YouTube videos breaking down every single scene, and it would be worth it. It would be worth every second. <laughs> uh, yeah, you might not be doing yeah, that's it. Right. I guess we're doing it. Uh, I, I fucked with your pause button so we're, we're rolling baby let's go uh but before we get into the actual film i had some questions <laughs> because this movie is such a radical departure it's like how did this happen it feels like it's 10 times larger than the last film how how do you go from what is at best a like sunday school production yeah it, to this movie of like explosions a burning white house like yeah there's cinematic shit happening in this movie People walk through, like you said, a burning simulacrum of a White House. It's cool. It's, it's fucking cool. It's a cool, cool movie. If there's one thing that you need to know about this still somewhat reactionary oh. film, it's awesome and you should watch it and love it unironically. <laughs> yeah. This movie is basically Christian Independence Day and it slaps. <laughs> it fucking slaps. So, okay. How did this happen? <laughs> well, step one is I started to dig into some research on yes. this. Step one is they got some pros in the game. Okay. Uh, so <laughs> I initially, when I when we were talking about this last week, I was like, hey, I know they had a bigger budget for the next mm. one. I know Sony got involved. Like, what does this mean? And as it turns out, having done a little bit more research, at least according to the Lalonde brothers, creators of this whole series, yes. they reached out to Sony and basically said, hey, we know we <laughs> suck at making movies. <laughs> Which is a funny thing for two writer-directors <laughs> to say. Yes. But we have a market, and you have expertise, so let's team up. And it appears to have worked. Yeah, I mean, okay, it did work. I watched the movie. It did fucking work. So Sony got on board and brought, I think, a higher budget yes. and also just a lot of technical expertise mm. to the table. Uh, probably the reason we have an Oscar winner in this picture as well. <laughs> as the star. Yeah, no, like, Buck Williams supporting role oh yeah he's in like five scenes and two of them are him standing still and being upset about it big dick president the main guy hell yeah so smart so good anyways so the lawn brothers reach out to sony sony gets involved they craft this much more action focused yes. thing much more in keeping with i think their original vision for mm. this uh and on top of that 
they seem to have understood that they got a little too preachy last time. Because yes. there's some qu- quotes from the Lalonde brothers being like, hey, listen, <laughs> we started this being like, we're not going to be like those other Christian filmmakers. <laughs> but then we were kind of like those other Christian filmmakers. So now what we're trying to do is get something that will really appeal to the non-Christians in the audience. Thank you. We were right here all along. <laughs> and uh, I have to say, I think they did it pretty successfully. It's also, in keeping with these changes, mm-hmm. the first movie that departs radically from the books. Nice. And we'll get to some of yes. those things. I don't want to spoil yeah, more than yeah, we yeah. already have. Uh, but there are like several changes, almost <laughs> all for the better, between the book series and this movie. And this is all taking place in the middle of something we've referenced sort of in passing before, a pretty extensive, a decade-long lawsuit between the authors of the Left Behind books and the Lalonde brothers. There is nothing, but there is nothing more insane than entertainment lawsuits. Oh, yeah. They are like bizarre, long depositions about things like, like whether or not something is too similar or not similar enough to a certain pre-existing property. And millions and millions of dollars will hinge on that. The Walking Dead just did a $200 million payout from AMC to Darabont and CAA. Oh, $200 million. Holy crap. I had and not that heard took, that. Like, basically the entire run of the show, yeah, that lawsuit was going on. Yeah, because he got kicked off season one. Right. <laughs> and then he won $200 million. Darabont getting paid. You love yeah. to see it. By the it. way, he should have been. The rest of that shit was garbage. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely unacceptable. Uh, so... Without diving too much into the lawsuit, which is, of course, boring, there are a couple things you need to know. One, this was all LaHaye. Jim Jenkins, the other author of the series, pled religious uh, exemption when they forced him to be named in the lawsuit. That's awesome. He just said, I don't want to do this. This isn't how I want to handle this. I I am religiously compelled to not try to handle this in a courtroom, Uh, (laughs) which is awesome. LaHaye, on the other hand was so insane and had no problems not mincing his words about this. Uh, He said, we signed up for a big screen movie that would win a million people to Jesus. We did not sign up for a video. Damn. Referencing, of course, the fact that the original Left Behind was released uh, direct to video and then sort of backdoored a few uh, screen releases after the fact. Uh, LaHaye also said uh, he called the Left Behind series a glorified church basement movie. Okay, for two, that's yes. fair. I think for two, that's for, a pretty accurate For three, accurate though, one. dude, three is the movie best version. Of it's this so good, and it's a frustrating because he filed this lawsuit before the first movie even released. Like he boo, saw it, it was just boo. like, no, he wasn't willing to stay the course. He didn't believe the prophecies of the Lawn Brothers. These people understood where this series <laughs> was going. They saw, they saw an extremely handsome Kirk Cameron, and. uh I think at the end of this, we'll have a few minutes on the future of the Left Behind series. But I I think what I need to say is like, you watch this and it feels so different that you're like, this has to be different people. But actually, this is the same people. It's the same writers, the same directors, learning some lessons and making a way better movie. It it really encourages me, uh, you know, as as a part-time creative at times that like, no, you can just fucking figure it out. Yeah, you can just suck for a while and then make a movie where the president is trying to cap the Antichrist. Ugh. It's fucking great. Okay, let's get into (laughs) it. I can't wait anymore. I'm so excited. It opens. (laughs) Opening shot. White House in flames. Just... Dude, they called it. They called They called their shot, and they fucking hit it. It's so good. Louis Gossett Jr. is America's first black president. And by the way, this came out in 05. This, this came is, out in 25. This is so progressive. Prophecy. Prophecy. They oh called God, it, wait, man. They knew it. They knew it. Of course, you know, then he gets taken over by the Antichrist, but they knew they it. Knew. 
But he's still the hero. He's still the hero. Louis Gossett Jr. sitting in the Oval Office as yep. flames are in the background <laughs> and helicopters. It's not a safe structure, but he's still sitting there. He's just chilling by himself for the record. The president is just by himself <laughs> doing president things in a flaming this entire White movie, House. In a flaming White House. Pres- uh, presidents. Helicopters circle overhead, and he is recording into the most dad's at home video video camera of all time. Yes. And he is delivering a monologue about change and about uh like what happened with Nikolai when Nikolai Carpathia abolished race politics and religion <laughs> he did it and I he w- says I, I should have known it was too good to be true I went along with it he holds up a couple fake uh magazines and it's very <laughs> good because it's called Global Community Weekly and it's <laughs> literally just Nikolai's face he, he, uh Nikolai did like op- uh, the own magazine because you know Oprah is the cover mm-hmm, of her own mm-hmm, magazine mm-hmm. every month. Yes. Nikolai did that. Nikolai did that. Nikolai. Which should tell you something about Oprah. And Nikolai. I would watch Nikolai Carpathia's daytime talk show. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Oh, man. If if conservatives wanted to troll right-wing people by just having a Russian host a daytime talk show because, you know, all the election shit, sure. that would be perfect. That would be very Continue. good. No, no. Take, take me in. We cut from the president of Burning White House to a series of trucks. So from the presidency, we we immediately go to lockdown space. A week ago. A week ago, and things are locked down. We are like, and there's a truck coming in, and they're breaking into some place that's like covered barbed wire, etc. It's basically a warehouse. It's a series of trucks breaking into a secure facility. Entertainingly, uh, the budget of this movie, they get some decent effects in, but they definitely are supposed to be busting through a locked gate that is in no way locked. <laughs> yeah, they just go through the it's gate. It's just an open gate. And uh, they steal some shit. We don't, I don't think we see what they steal yet. We don't see what they steal, but you are really underselling the, th- like Antifa yeah. hops out of these trucks. Right. So there's a series of trucks and a bunch of people hop out in ski mats and start loading shit up <laughs> onto the trucks. It's all wrapped up. We don't know what it is, but they're loading it up. And then some guards show up and start spraying some fucking bullets. Oh, my God. Most of our Antifa get away, but one of them does not. Yeah, no, so people die immediately. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. like, people get Bodies. shot. Bodies. Uh, the security force says, uh, you're all under arrest, and then starts spraying bullets. <laughs> people flee. They, okay, realistic depiction of cops. People flee. We see that Chloe, yes. Buck Williams' paramour from the previous That's movies, right. and the daughter of Rayford Steele, is part of... Of this Antifa underground movement. This movie starts out with Christian Antifa. Yes! It's so cool! It's It's so so cool. This movie actually realizes our dream. Yes. And then we cut back and we see that one of the people that has been shot is in fact Chris. The suicidal gentleman who was saved by Rayford Steele. I didn't recognize Chris. That's Chris, baby. Chris is back. Chris is now part of the underground Christian Antifa. And he's been shot. The uh, security forces come up and they immediately say, you know I could shoot you. (laughs) <laughs> if I wanted to. Meanwhile, he is bleeding buckets yeah. of blood. I was like, dude, you already handled it. He's got three in center mass. What are you talking about? <laughs> and then they say, who do you work for? Who do you work for? And he says, son of man. Son of man. And they and shoot him right in the fucking face. Oh, no. They ask him again. They say, I'll give you one more chance. Who do you work for? And he says, God almighty. And he goes, wrong answer. Bam, bam, bam. <laughs> I love how Christians cannot get over this, like, made-up shit from Columbine. Mm. 
Like, I'm not saying Christians haven't been martyred or persecuted sure. across the world, but like, but this is holy fiction. Not in America. Not in America. America, and they're, they're usually the ones holding the guns. <laughs> but in this world, uh, this man gets capped for saying God Almighty. Uh, but I love that they're committed to it. Like, last movie, they basically were just like, Hanging out open in church the whole time. Like, at least at this point, there's some real stakes. Yeah, as we said last time, what, like, Buck is part of the underground church and is also at the right hand of Carpathia and is just walking into a public church service <laughs> and is expecting that to be fine. At least this movie understands that we are at war. This movie commits to its reactionary ideals. It also, to help explain that, jumps a year and a half into the future from the previous movie. Thank God, though. Whereas the second movie jumps a week into the future from the first movie. So it's very, like, already the timeline skips are getting ridiculous. But it really does help it out. So, where do we go from here, Michael? We go to the president skeet yes, shooting. that's right. The president is skeet shooting. We cut from Chris's murder. As the gun, as the trigger is pulled, we cut to a skeet, uh, what's the term? Clay. What Pigeon. Is Yes. Uh, we cut to a clay pigeon exploding as a metaphor for Chris's death. It's so... It, it's legitimate filmmaking. It's legitimate filmmaking. It's good. It's violent. This movie got a PG-13. Yeah, So you did. know it's edgy. So the vice president and the president, black man, white man. Oh, yeah. This is full-on Obama-Biden situation. It really is, though, are, are out there skeet shooting and talking about the state of the world. These men are uneasy. Yeah, yeah. And they're sort of, uh, they're laying down some exposition. Yes. Uh, Nikolai has had all of the world lay down their weapons. Yeah. Vice President Mallory is a little a little concerned yeah. about this. He's unsure. He's like, I, I don't know about this Nikolai guy. And uh, President Louis Gossett Jr., I don't know his actual name, President Louis Gossett Jr. They never uh, say his name. They just <laughs> the president. <laughs> I was like, ah, you know, hey, listen, 172 countries signed on for this. This is the best peace deal we've ever seen. This is, this is what we've been dreaming of, man. And he's like, I hope you're right. <laughs> it is weird. It is weird that the vice president didn't talk about this before. Yeah. Apparently, the nation of America has disarmed fully. Yes. Yeah, that never came up. His concerns are coming up over casual skeet shooting. There's also a really weird moment where the president interrogates the vice president on if the vice president is actually on his side. He's like, look at these security personnel. They're not even watching us. Why would they? You could shoot me before they even had a chance to look. Which brings up a lot of questions. It's a lot of questions. It's like, oh, you got you got Cheney for this? Cheney's yeah. in this movie? <laughs> uh, and then he says... The vice president says, Nikolai is planning to attack America. Why? Presumably he knew this before they started skeet shooting. Presumably why he knew this at some point. Why didn't you tell him literally that second? That seems important. <laughs> it seems important. Also, I love that we just live in a world where presidents don't golf. They shoot shit. I can't decide if that's better or worse. It's almost definitely better for the purposes of this movie. <laughs> That's true. Here's also what I, okay. So here's there's a few things I want to say here. Yes, I love the setup. Mm -hmm. The world of this movie to me is such a rich text because okay. So in this world, the president in the last year met with Nikolai, decided to completely disarm the mo the largest military in the world. Yes, not not just nuclear weapons, but all weapons. All weapons, and. What's his job now? <laughs> I mean, skeet shooter extraordinaire. Right. Like, it, he is just essentially a vassal of Nikolai, who is sort of the suzerain, I guess, of the entire world. Yes. Is, is the implication. Yeah. And now, 
even though Nikolai currently does more or less rule the United States, he wants to also attack it. Yes. The, the like, why <laughs> Nikolai would choose to you disarm everyone to. and then assault uh, doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. But hey, he's the Antichrist. Sometimes you just get fucky with he it. Just, yeah, he just, wants to, he just wants to kill people, I guess. So they're in their motorcade back now. Yes. They're finished shooting the skeets. Uh, <laughs> and as the vice president is telling Louis Gossett Jr. Yes. about, oh, hey, we have, we, we've intercepted transmissions. We can't decode them, but there's evidence of biological warfare. No sooner has he said these words than... One of the motorcade explodes behind them. Just That's right. full-on car explodes thrown into the air. It's so good. It's cool as shit. It's like... <laughs> The first movie has a car blowing up, and that's yeah. already very exciting yeah. for the budget that it has. But this is like full on. It reminded me of like Dark Knight, uh, the Dark Knight, yes. when they flip the semi, because like that car is like forty feet in the air. I mean, this is like a massive explosion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, they they like go for it, and then another one explodes, and the chase is fucking on. Yeah, the driver is peeling out, and then we see coming over the hill snowmobiles full of terrorists. Snowmobiles of terrorists. It's so it's With automatic weapons. It's no, it's, it was. Cool. Cool. This movie is the lodestar for every action film that came after it. I am convinced. This because it is so badass. <laughs> so they they're attacking. The vice president gets killed. Yeah, yeah. So so the driver abandons them. The president's trying to get out of the vehicle. Uh, the vice president is just chilling for some reason. Yeah, not very clear. Uh, and then a terrorist shoots an RPG, blows up the vice president, throws the president into the bank. The president is about to get capped by these terrorists when two people on motorbikes arrive that's right with automatic weapons of their own that's right baby and just just spray bullets take down an entire just incredible just like jean-claude van damme style just whip around their gun just taking out it is like terrorists like uzi on a motorbike taking down like eight or nine people and then the person on the motorbike stops in front of the president and is like hey mallory was a good man you can trust him. And then drives off. Feels like important that you might want to be like, hop on, Mr. President. Yeah, yeah it's very strange. But I guess they killed all the terrorists because then you just see the Secret Service writing up. Uh, but it's so good. It's so good. This is already, a cool world. This is a cool already world. Already we're in a world with factions. Yes. There is like multiple groups of people doing things and interfering with each other. Like I cannot overemphasize how much better this conception oh, yeah. of the apocalypse well, is. Like This is a real story and movie with stakes and action and tension. Yeah. And, and it's hyper reactionary, but it understands that to be re hyper reactionary, you have to like give them something to latch on to. Like yes. everything up to this point was fully just like evangelism 101 filtered through a really boring apocalypse, particularly in the second movie. Yeah. Can I go ahead? Pe these people understand that explosions are evangelism. I we have always said that. We have That's, always said that. Uh, briefly, I, there's something I forgot to mention when they're doing skeet shooting. Louis Gossett Jr., the president, is implying, at least to my ears, that he was elected president because racism ended when Nikolai took over the world, and now they are allowed to have a black president. So in this movie, the Antichrist gets a black president elected. I feel like that. That's speaking of reactionary. Yeah, yeah. the The way that um, <laughs> the way that uh, 
this movie envisions race, imperialism, yeah. nation states as all things that can be evaporated by mere decree. Right. It's incredible. It's incredible. The way this movie completely misunderstands power remains one of its, oh, its great strong it's, suits it's so the, entire, funny. the entire time. Okay, so now I think from here, we go to the underground church. The church that we have seen this entire this, this yes. entire series, Steve Barnes Church, has been destroyed. That's right. Finally, we have a literal underground church. Thank you. Fuck. It's so good. You cut and you see this thing that like this whole second movie, we're like, why is this still here? Why yeah. is this still open? Why is this just operating like your average church? And we cut to an establishing shot of the church in rubble and it's fucking perfect. Yeah. And then the tr- we go into the basement. That's right, baby. What's happening in the basement, Michael? Oh, you know, cool, normal Christian stuff. A double marriage <laughs> where both father and daughter are present. <laughs> are they marrying each other? No. Okay, we have to take a moment to pour one out for Steve Barnes' original actor. Yep, Clarence Gilliard. Clarence Gilliard. Yeah, I had that on the dome. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate what you bring to the table. (laughs) You can't remember the plot of this movie, but by God, you will keep Clarence Gilliard's good name in your head. Uh, Yeah, they they do the classic skeezy thing of like, just replacing the black actor without ever mentioning it's, it. It's not great. Although apparently he did. I was looking up yes, my own research. Yes. He did want to leave because he was a Catholic and was not super into this pre-mill shit. Yeah. So he had he had scheduling conflicts. Yes. And he did mention that like as a pretty devout Catholic, my priest doesn't love this. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so good. The best. The so best. I just, now I want to know. I want to be present for Clarence Gilliard talking with his priest about the Left Behind Oh, series. I want to go to that confession so bad. <laughs> hey, I want to be that priest. Let's let's put on a collar on you, baby. Let's go. Let's do it. All right. So okay. th- what's happening? A double marriage is happening. Incredible. And this is like... This is an insane scene. It's so good. Because one, the last time that we left Bruce and Chloe, uh, uh, we left them at just beginning to date. Yes. Like they have had exactly one date <laughs> and it a kiss on the cheek, a kiss on the cheek and some pictures in a photo booth in an airport. That yes. is as far as their relationship has progressed. And now they're getting married to the right. And even stranger situation, <laughs> Rayford Steele, the man who like God's angry man, like the man who has done nothing but yell at his daughter and yell about his dead wife yes. or sorry, raptured wife. <laughs> uh, this entire movie series is now marrying a woman that we've never seen before. Yeah. Just a blonde woman. Woman. Another blonde But woman. not Hattie. No, not Hattie. That'll come up later. Yeah, that, that <laughs> will so come up. Uh, Hattie's the best character in this movie. Hattie, Hattie is bringing the heat, literally. Yeah. Um, so they are doing a double marriage. They're, the vows are so good. They take so long. All four of them get to give vows to each other. This movie Every, really commits to it. <laughs> I mean, they're making a lifelong commitment, Zachary. I don't understand what you don't oh, understand. Oh, man. Uh, okay, so... I only took a couple quotes from this, but at one point, Chloe says to her now husband, Buck, in front of her father, I want to comfort you with my body. I took that note, too. (laughs) Comfort you with my body and mirror you with my soul. So congratulations to complementarianism for getting a cameo in this movie. What do you think comfort you with my body means? I think we all know what it fucking means. I, I, I think Chloe knows exactly what it means. I would like to know more about how to comfort Kirk Cameron. She also says in a way, and what I can only assume is a winking nod to their problematic age gap. Yes. When I met you, I was just a silly girl with a big dream and a really big crush. To be yours and yours alone. Now, just to clarify, that means that her big dream was 
her really big crush. She didn't have any other no, dreams. Yeah, yeah. I was wondering. I was like, what's the dream? I was yeah. like, oh, Buck Williams was dick. What's your dream? Yeah. And keep in mind, this is now Christian Antifa lady breaking into secure facilities, watching her friends get shot to smuggle something. <laughs> uh, but also her only real dream was to get that Kirk Cameron dick. Which, hey, listen. One, I sympathize. But two, as an avowed Cameron simp. Yes. I think I might have to repent. Because I, I found I found a new e-girl, Louis Gossett Jr. <laughs> I might be simping simping for the Goss now. He is he's so masculine in a movie without any other real masculinity. Like even Rayford's just kind of cheese machismo. Oh yeah. That like Louis he does kind of stand out, right? Like because he's like genuinely kind of like rough and tumble with it. Hell yeah. That you're like oh shit this guy. And like listen, I fucking hate Teddy Roosevelt. Sure. But he's got some Teddy Roosevelt energy. In yeah. this movie. Here's the thing about Teddy Roosevelt. Obviously, all the bad racist shit. But Teddy Roosevelt actually big dick his way through life. He went to the Amazon after the presidency with his son. And, like, did exploration shit. Yeah. And, again, we can talk about the questionable nature of that. But he was he was the real fucking deal. Yeah. He was, he was not, like, everybody that's, you know, he is the anti- uh, Don Jr. Don Jr., the anti- Tucker Carlson, yes. like all these fancy lads pretending to be badass. Uh, Teddy Roosevelt at least tried to back it up while being a terrible person. Sure, of Anyways. course. They were all terrible. But you know who's not terrible? Louis motherfucking Gossett Jr. <laughs> True. True story. So they do a double marriage. And then they have this like candlelit meal. Dinner with the pastor. All with five the pastor. Of them. There's no one else in attendance for their no. wedding. <laughs> I assume because these people are so unlikable. <laughs> I, I, it's, I think in the movie it's implied that well, there's not that many Christians, yeah. but I like your your explanation better. No, it's very good. Uh, and so then they start arguing about the work that Chloe is doing. Well, after they have a sex reference. Oh, tell me about the sex because, reference. Because the uh, pastor's like, what are you going to do now? And 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 uh, I think I think Kirk goes, oh, we'll find something to do. <laughs> and then, Whoa, like, the dad, Kirk! The dad is like, hey. <laughs> yeah, again, just the continual weirdness of the dad's the dad, uh, connection to this relationship. And the sex elements of it. Yeah, the da dads, dads, listen, for all you dads out there in our audience, all 2.5 of you. <laughs> yeah. I just need you to not ever try to high five yep. uh, the now husband of your daughter uh, when they're talking about dicking your daughter down. Yeah. Listen, I understand you're yeah. progressive. You want her to be her own woman. You don't want to be that overly protective dad That's either. Right. I get it. This is too far in the other direction. <laughs> you are overly supportive of your girl getting that dick. Find a middle find a middle course. So what happens from here? So they're arguing about, you know, oh, we've been called by God to do this. And, you know, it, it's strategy and blah de blah and, uh, and they're sort of referencing the fact that Rayford is still flying Nikolai yes. around. So he's like, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go uh, to, back to New Babylon with Nikolai. And this is, I think, where they reveal that what they have been smuggling is Bibles. Because so all of the Bibles in this world have been confiscated That's right. by the one world government. So they are breaking into secure locations and getting shot to rescue these Bibles so they can give them away. In a world where, just to be clear, the internet exists. The internet is around in 05. <laughs> it's just like... You could just Google shit. You could just Google shit. Now, do we want to be generous here? Sure. And say that Nikolai controlling all media... Yeah. ...has shut down. You cannot Google the Bible. Listen... I'm not saying that there is not a version of this where Nikolai is also doing, you know, this sort of like electronic. Yeah. Uh, 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 why am I not able censorship. to censorship? Censorship. But 
I also want these people to understand that the Tor browser exists. <laughs> I want these people to understand that torrents exist. Like, there are just other. I feel like there are options to get you this information for I'll, the most published book in the entire history of the, the world. the Bibles are all huge. Oh, they're all Pew Bibles. Why are all the Bibles, like, bigger than my laptop? Because they all got donated from, like, some shitty Christian Bible manufacturer. They're all Gideon Bibles. It's fucking for that sure. That is 100% the case. So, yeah. So, they're trying to distribute these smuggled yes. Bibles because that's the world we live in. Uh, and they're referencing that there's this other group now fighting against Nikolai called the militia, but they're not religious, but they don't like this one little <laughs> government. That won't come up again. It doesn't come up again. And then we cut to the global community headquarters. Yes. Because you see Nikolai has summoned President Louis. I love that Nikolai, most Nikolai's job is just summoning people to him. Yes, in New it's York. so good. It's so good. As the Antichrist, what do you do? Set meetings and keep them. <laughs> <laughs> He's always on time. Uh, there is the best hallway in the history of cinema <laughs> in this movie. <laughs> Step off The Shining. Nobody wants to hear about you and your fucking carpets. President Louis gets off the elevator and they go into a room where every wall, ceiling, and floor is black carpet. Mm -hmm. Yep. Just not, yeah, not not black surfaces, black carpet. Black carpet. It's a good All of the walls. Yeah. It's, it's cool. so good. It's got this like weird matrix energy to it. <laughs> and it shows up multiple times yeah. because a lot of the action, this is probably one of the few sets they had to do any building in. Yeah. So it shows up a lot. So it's just like this immensely odd scene in this movie that you see over and over of the president walking down this hall. Um, also, just love that the Antichrist is just like, yeah, no, this is my interior decorating style. Mid-level <laughs> carpet, walls, floor, ceiling. Let's fucking go. In what appears to be the Empire State Building. Yeah, it's it's definitely like just some random skyscraper. super tall skyscraper. It's not In a New secret York. location. No. Which will come up later. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So the president shows up. Nikolai <laughs> is like, oh, thank God you survived this assassination mm -hmm. attempt. Oh, no, he doesn't say thank God. He says thank the gods. Which wink, is wink. a very funny Wink, line. wink. You know, the Antichrist with their pantheism. <laughs> uh, and then what else happens in this scene? And so Nikolai starts talking about... Uh, he does a monologue about doubt. He does a monologue. That's right. He does a monologue about doubt. And what does he say? He says doubt is like a mustard seed. And you, religious uh, listener to this podcast, are going to be like, oh, wait, I thought that was faith. Get it? They're the same seed. It's good writing. Get it? It's good writing. Get it? And then he pulls out a series of clear tubes that he turns over and turn green. And they turn green. And he doesn't explain this. No. He's just like, we have to stamp out the doubt that these Christians are bringing. And the president's just like, okay. <laughs> like, and then he's like, I'll see you. <laughs> yeah. Dismisses him. The actual purpose of this scene is for the president to see Nikolai's assistant and realize immediately yes. that this woman, who was Nikolai's assistant, was actually the lady on the motorbike that saved him, which he's just immediately able to interpret. And so he has recognized that, oh, this lady is part of the militia. He, he uh, Because she says the same phrase to him. Oh, she does, she does. She, she does. says the same phrase to him. Now, also, he has a, he has some appreciation for blonde women in general. <laughs> yeah, that comes up several times This movie times definitely this movie. believes in jungle fever. Like. Uh, this movie definitely believes that the president is a thirsty bitch. Which, if you look at the history of presidents. True. True yeah. story. Obama was actually the exception to that rule. <laughs> totally was. Uh, okay. Then we get to one of my favorite scenes in this. So, okay. 
The president now knows something's a little fucky with this Nikolai guy, right? He's been warned. Yeah, he goes up to his office. I don't know why Nikolai feels the need to alert the president that he has biological weapons. Yeah, so Nikolai's entire purpose in that scene is just to chew the scenery, which is why they made it carpet. So right. it's easier to chew. Solid. Uh, and then uh, Nikolai, or sorry, president is like, all right, I got I to gotta start figuring some shit out. I got to figure <laughs> out what's going on. So what does he do, Zach? How does he, what is his step one in understanding what Nikolai is up to? He, um, so immediately cuts a buck. Buck yes. is just like wandering down the street and gets thrown motherfucking black box style, black box style into a fucking van and driven to a black site. That's right. Buck Williams arrives in D.C. This is, a is immediately black sighted. This is a great scene. We cut to an empty warehouse. There's a table. There's some shadowy men standing around. Uh-huh. Buck, black hood over his head. That's right. Who is sitting across from him? Louis Gossett Jr. Louis motherfucking Gossett Jr. The president is doing a Guantanamo in this film. Okay, I gotta be honest with you. It would not be okay. It would not be okay. It would not but be if okay. George W. Bush and Barack Obama had just been like sitting across from terrorists interrogating them, you have to admit, it would be slightly better. It would be slightly better. Here's what I will also say. Absolutely unacceptable. America's America's existence is a war crime. But <laughs> if we lived in a world where Guantanamo was exclusively used for people like Kirk Cameron. Ooh. Okay. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so on this table, there are two objects. Zachary, what are those objects? A Bible. Mm-hmm. And a gun. Mm-hmm. The two most American <laughs> objects possible. And Louis Gossett Jr., the president, <laughs> says to Kirk, okay, you can give me all the right answers. He goes, oh, you've got two options here. Option one, you can give me all the right answers, and I'll think about not putting a bullet in your head. Or option two. And Buck says, no, no, no I'm good with option one. Which is almost banter. I just want to say, we got banter adjacent in this movie. If you needed better evidence that this movie is good than the president, like, waterboarding Buck Williams in a warehouse, I can only offer you, there's almost banter. It's yep. so good. No, it's, it's great. And so the president's like, I've got you with this Bible. Yeah, this is your Bible. What's going I know on? you're a Christian. What's going on? And he's like, do you renounce Christ? Yeah, yes he makes no? him, he tries to force him to renounce Christ. For the Christ. second time. And I will say, Buck doesn't do it. Buck doesn't back down. Buck doesn't do it. We finally have the Christian facing down a gun and a black side. He'd be like. Choosing not to renounce Christ. Renounce Buck getting Christ. his, 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 uh, his uh, martyr points there. But also, I just think it's important to say, because this comes up a lot. Throughout this entire film, Christians are being outed because they won't stop carrying their Bibles with them everywhere they go. The biggest Bible I've ever seen. And it's just so funny. All these people have <laughs> cell phones. All of these people have access to computers. Why? Why do all of you have to carry, like, your Sunday school Bible, the Bible with your parents' name yeah. saying they gave it to you, that you have underlined and made notes? Like, literally, Buck's Bible has, like, post-it notes sticking everywhere out of just, it. Just take a lesson, actually, from Jewish folks and memorize some shit. Yes! You goddamn idiot. What was Sunday school for, motherfuckers? Why did I have to learn every <laughs> single psalm if I also have to carry this shit on my person knowing it could get me arrested? Oh. You, you know the Bible. Write that shit on paper. Like, this this movie references <laughs> that there are re-education camps for Christians. Yes. Mm -hmm. Like, if you so much as say that you're a Christian, they will send you to a re-education camp. So why, why are you just carrying your confession around with you everywhere? Buck, you continue to be the dumbest motherfucker in this universe. Anyways. 
one thing I do appreciate about this movie as a small side note, it got rid of the anti-Semitism. So nice. Oh, yeah. So yeah. nice. Yeah. Uh, Jews not appearing in this picture, major improvement. Yeah, very happy not to be appearing <laughs> in this picture. What? So what does the president get out of Buck here? So the president's like, I know that you're a Christian. And since you've admitted it, now we can talk. <laughs> I need to know why you, evangelical Christians, are stockpiling vaccines. And this is where my brain messes. <laughs> this is where my mind went. And listen. This is 2005. I can't fault these people for not understanding the hell year we were all about to go through. 15 years later. But it's very funny to me that we live in a world in this movie where Christians are the ones desperately trying to make sure everyone can get vaccinated. That's part of the reason why I'm so insane now, because I grew up in a world where Christians, I know this may be crazy to some of you, our Zoomer listeners, used to like vaccines. They used to be big into them. I know. It's weird. It's crazy. Two things evangelicals used to love, vaccines and abortions. Gosh, fucking Christians. They suck so bad. Yeah, they keep making themselves worse. So, uh, what so does he say? He wants to know why they're stockpiling vaccines. And in one of my favorite moments in this movie, Buck tosses him the Bible, points out a verse, uh, and, re and, and Louis Gossett Jr. reads a verse from Matthew where it talks about like pestilence coming upon the That's land. That's right. And then Buck gives him the Webster definition of the word pestilence. <laughs> And what I love about this movie, up until this point, scriptural prophecies have been treated as a roadmap. Right. It's it's something that like any so Christian literal. can read and decode. Yeah. And like we are living in a world where this is just, hey, we know what's going to happen. It's laid out. Right. You know, the truth of this is evident to all. This movie changes up the game. Mm -hmm. This movie posits the Bible is not a literal and clear-cut definition of the end times, but in fact, a national treasure-style puzzle box written on the back of the Bible instead of the Constitution, where you have to unlock the meaning. And there are many, many moments where the Bible in this movie is treated like something that you have to like do special work to understand. And it's just so good. I think National Treasure is a great film, and this is another great film. This is another great film. Uh, so yes, Buck National Treasure Style has decoded that there is biological warfare coming, which the president is now able to understand, oh, this might connect to what Nikolai is doing. <laughs> oh, what's predicted in the Bible isn't that interesting. Uh, and then uh, he's talking about, so they start talking about the Antichrist. Yep. Uh, he's like, the president's like, we got to stop him. We got to take him down. Buck's like, he's the Antichrist. You can't take him down. That's sort of the point. That's kind of the whole deal. And he's like, we'll see about that. And then in what is actual banter in this movie, Buck has been saying, oh, there's going to be earthquakes. There's going to be wars. There's going to be you know pestilence. And then Louis Gossett Jr., as he is letting him go, winks at Buck Williams and says, good luck with the earthquakes. <laughs> It's a great line. It's a great line. It's a great line. There's no way around it. Good writing. It's very good Somebody, writing. Somebody, here's what I'm going to tell you right now. Here's what happened. We live, you can see Sony outside of our fucking mm -hmm. apartment. Mm -hmm. Some hack, some who was probably a very good writer, but some guy who's become a studio hack. Some guy who has written on like two and a half fucking men. Mm-hmm. Who has made six million dollars? Definitely his a CBS career. property. But go yeah. ahead. <laughs> yeah. Well, because I well, yeah, because I think they. Show, anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Some guy who's done all this dumb shit was hot, brought on to this. They paid him like seventy grand for a day of work. He showed up and he's like, 
<laughs> and he wrote this fucking great line. That's he, what happened. That's what happened. Uh, I, I love it so much. So where do we go from here? So now we have a couple of threads coming together. And the president decides he is going to fucking figure out what's going on. Yes. He decides to go Tom Clancy president. Hell yes. And he hooks up with that blonde lady <laughs> yes, that works does. for Nikolai undercover. Uh, and he's secretly a part of the militia and was in contact with the vice president. And he gets and he goes to the militia bunker. That's right. He finds yet another secret laboratory. <laughs> There's so much secret shit here. And then just the two of them. Yep. The president and this assistant whose name we should learn. All right. So Carolyn is the assistant's name. Yes. And they decide, she's like, I know you need proof that Nikolai is up to no good. I don't know why he does. Who is he convincing? But please go on. I mean, he seems already convinced, but no, he needs proof. So the two of them decide to single-handedly, or I guess dual-handedly, yeah. <laughs> break in to Nikolai's secret lab just outside of D.C. Yeah, no, it does fortunately happen to be in like Silver Spring, Maryland or some shit. It's very good. Also, at no point, did they, they don't even Christian Antifa it. They don't even wear balaclavas. No, they are they are fully exposed. The president, the, one of the most famous men in the world, is just like, I'm a roll-in in like a suit in my it's face. It's so good. You see them like cutting through a gate, breaking into this lab. At one point, a science walk right by them yep. as and, and like you see them freeze hoping to not be caught as a bunch of people in hazmat mm -hmm. suits walk by and then they go by they breathe a sigh of relief and the president slowly slides his glock back into his <laughs> it's the coolest it's so good it's the coolest okay we could spend all day talking about the scene but what do they find they they turn the corner and look down upon a bunch of people in hazmat suits working with some sort of green gas. Yeah, obviously poison. Green means clearly, poison. Clearly, clearly hazardous. And as it turns out, they're gassing all of the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> and this is in fact the biological warfare that was warned of in scripture. Yes. And that the vice president tried to warn the president Touch about. Down. They are gassing all of the Bibles. And they they really linger on this scene. Like, Louis Gossett Jr. pulls out some, like, golf glasses mm -hmm. so he can see more clearly. It, they're, it, they're so tiny on his face. They're so focused on it. They're like, it's the Bibles. And Discount Helen Hunt is over there like, oh, my God. This is worse than we imagined. <laughs> so, but I got to admit, it's a nice twist. This, all this time, Christian Antifa has been stealing the Bibles, and Nikolai wanted them to steal the That's Bibles. That's right, all baby. Along. They've been busting out the Bibles. Reversal. Nikolai has, has been one step ahead that, this whole that time. That poor writer we talked about in Sony was like, okay, but like, what if you reverse the plot? <laughs> like, yeah. Well, and again, interestingly, this is one of the major deviations from the book series. Of course, the book it was. series doesn't have this, right. but this movie understands that you need poisoned Bibles. Yeah. You need that reaction. It's a nice bit of plotting. It's so good. So then they almost get caught busting yep. out of the uh, prison. Uh, President uh, Gossett Jr. gets tackled yes. uh, and kills a man. He kills a motherfucker. Straight up murks a motherfucker. And then they're driving away, and the president turns to Nikolai's assistant and goes, so you single? He does try to, like, <laughs> dig down this, like, random lady. He is. He's feeling it, man. He's, and she's feeling, feeling it, too, evidently. Yeah. No, she's like, oh, I was married. He disappeared a few days. Or he, he died a few days after uh, the disappearance, implying that he committed suicide. Right. And he's like, oh, I'm really sorry. If there's any way I can come for you, let me know. And then there's seven minutes of un, 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 uh, 
unsimulated sex. That's right, baby. So the president now realizes what he has helped Nikolai create, that he himself mm-hmm. has helped. Yes. He says, I have brought a new Hitler into the world. <laughs> Not problematic at all. <laughs> In your entire, entirely made up account of the future. <laughs> uh, so he recognizes but how... But the Christians making themselves the Jews was, was is the dream. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's clearly what they've been dreaming of. They've been claiming that role for a long time. Yeah. Um, so the president, recognizing how how much evil he has brought into the world, calls Buck and lets him know that the Bibles have been gassed, but it's too late. Pastor Steve Barnes and all of this church yes. is already infected. Like, we cut to a pretty effective-looking plague simulation yeah. of, like, just people looking miserable in bed. Chloe's the only one still standing. Mm-hmm. Steve is already sick. And uh, Rayford is Rayford. big mad about it. Rayford motherfucking steal. Because Rayford was never on board with this plan. He didn't want them endangering their lives, smuggling out Bibles. So now his daughter's endangered. The pastor is already sick. And they go to Buck Williams' house yep. to stop Buck. To yell at him. To yell at him for letting his, his wife go, Yep. first of all. And then, so that he would not go to his wife. Yes. So he wouldn't get sick. So he would... They're telling him the Christ-like thing to do is to abandon his wife. That's right. They're like, Chloe sent us here to stop you from going. You have a greater mission. And and Buck in what is unfortunately Kirk Cameron's worst moment. It's not good. Kirk Cameron just really not bringing that fireproof rage here. He he is going for like, this is my wife. I need to be with her. And what he gets to is like, guys. It's It's... It's a shame. It's a real bummer. But Buck is trying to bust out of his house to go see yeah. Chloe. And Rayford's brand new, still unnamed wife yeah. is like, wait, we should pray about it. Then they pray about it. And Buck has a vision. Yes. Tag me through this vision. I, I only kind of half understand. I, I, like, I like slowed it down for this part. And it was like, it was... Uh, the black pastor in kind of a shadowy place speaking scripture to Buck in a dreamlike state. Yes. So Buck is praying. We see Steve sick in his bed, also kind of praying. Yes. And it's implied that they're communicating telepathically yes. through a prayer vision mm-hmm. that is shot in black and white with only Buck in the restored church as yes. Steve preaches to him. And ultimately what it gets to is a Bible verse saying that Buck needs to stay. Yes. So Buck has been delivered divine inspiration, but not from God directly, Mm. through Pastor Steve Barnes, who is also whispering to himself on his deathbed, uh, and he agrees that he needs to stay and wait on God in this moment. It is pure cinema. It's it's shot so differently than everything else. Like, they really go out of their way. I was actually confused by it at first, and then kind of put it together. I was like, what is this vision? It's a really interesting, like, moment. It's a choice. It's a choice. I think it's time we talk about Hattie... And Rayford on the plane. Yes. So Rayford is now back, I guess, going to be flying Nikolai somewhere. It's not really clear, but he's back on the plane. Yes. Uh, <laughs> this is, I actually think this is my favorite scene. Oh, yeah. 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 Why don't you walk us through it? Because it is. This is insane. This is the most Me Too shit I've seen in a hot second. Uh, this was one of the more upsetting scenes I've seen, in, in, but also hilarious at the same time. So Rayford, like all moments when Rayford's on a plane, he is not flying. Yes. He was just in the cabin. Yeah, he's just he's just chilling. He's just getting a drink. Mm-hmm. It's not clear what. Hattie corners him. Like, bo- basically bo- bodies him into a corner and is like, Rayford. <laughs> 
I can't believe you're with that skank. Yes. <laughs> she basically like calls his new wife like a skank. Goody you, two shoes. You don't like her. She sucks. Yeah. You want me, Rayford. You want me, don't you? She like starts like touching him and shit. Oh yeah. And she like full on is like, I know you still love me. He's like, you're you're with Carpathia. He's like, he has many lovers. We have an understanding. He does say that. It's so good. So you know, because he's the Antichrist. So of course he fucks. Yeah. <laughs> so they she's being Polly with the Antichrist. Yeah. But now she wants him to kiss her and say he loves her. And is like touching him and being like, also, if you don't do this, I know you have a Bible. I know she, your wife has a Bible and I will report you. That's right. She full on is trying to rape Rayford Steele. She is trying to blackmail her way into some dick. Like it is crazy. <laughs> and like. For a while. Props. This thing goes for a while. Yeah. Like it's so crazy to me that this is the real life wife of Kirk Cameron. Who famously refused to kiss yes. anyone else yes. in Fireproof because he was so devoted to her. But he is more than happy to let her play not just this role, but she steals the shit out of this scene. Oh, like, she yeah. is so effectively disconcerting. Oh, yeah. It's uncomfortable. She is like, the seduction is there, but yes. so is the darkness. Yes. Like, it is the best acting in this movie, this side of Louis Gossett Jr., Oscar winner. It was kind of hot. I plead the fifth. <laughs> it's so in sort of a like 1990s Michael Douglas thriller way. It's like yeah, this lady's it's, pulling this. It's got off. some basic instinct. Yeah, in this, this is for hot. sure. Right. <laughs> I'm it's not going eat. there with you, Allie. Stop trying to make me go there. But she like <laughs> it goes on for a while. Yeah. Rayford, six four, yeah. Matt Enormous. Square Jaw, man who exists for no reason, like has no Slab emotions. Of beef, yeah. but just looking like an abused puppy this entire yeah. time as he like pleads to remain faithful in his marriage and eventually she backs off and she goes he goes i'm sorry i can't do it and she goes i'm sorry too for you and your wife dun 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 so Stakes. cool so Stakes. cool it is such an extreme scene for a movie whose most sexual moment up until this point has been a wedding yeah like it is, it is crazy it is it, it's it's real shit yes okay so now the president has a plan yeah. So real quick, because we're moving towards the end game here. Steve dies. They all yes. share a final communion. That'll come up later. The only thing that I have to say about that right <laughs> now, because we'll get back to it, is that Steve is dying. He wants his final communion. Chloe takes it too. They share it with Rayford and uh, and his yeah. wife. I don't know the timeline of how this all works uh, for him to be back there immediately. Yeah. Doesn't but matter. Uh, they are all share drinking from the same cup of wine brilliant and like touching each other as these people die of infectious disease this is not good covid protocol i will say having been around some christians uh during covid this is about right okay yeah fair enough it, fair it enough. is accurate yeah uh cinema verite for sure okay so the president now understands that he has to stop nikolai he has to fucking Merc Nikolai. And he <laughs> arrives at the underground bunker of the militia. Yes. Which is another parking structure for some reason. There's so With a bunch people. of military shit set up in it. There's just a bunch of gen random generals. And they're hatching a secret plan uh, with like Egypt and the United Kingdom to yeah. launch a counter assault with all the missiles they didn't give up mm -hmm. against Nikolai. But the president's like, no. We have to take Nikolai down himself. It's we awesome. don't stop Nikolai. It's so good. No, we can't stop all of the forces. So we have to go for the king. We have to cut off the head. And they're, he's like, they're like, how are we going to do that? And he's like, they haven't frisked me yet. And then pulls out. A porcelain handgun. Yep. He opens a little tactical box. And inside is a gun 
that is clearly just a gun painted white. But he goes, this gun is porcelain. It won't set off any metal detectors. He's using a prison gun That's to right, motherfucking baby. kill the Antichrist. It's so good. It's Ugh. so good. So the president's new plan is to just march into the office of Nikolai and shoot him in the fucking face. It's, it is, I have to be honest, the coolest plan. It's so good. I love how much... I wish I wish we had a president as active. <laughs> I wish any... Well, yeah. I wish Joe Biden knew his name. <laughs> Let alone had a plan to cap motherfuckers. So he's like, we have to hold off on our assault, and I'm going to go take down Nikolai herself. Right. Myself. And then you can send missiles to blow up the building that I'm in. That's with right. These oh, yeah. He has a transponder. Yes. That is going to convey the coordinates so that satellites will send missiles. So the second best scene, aside from Hattie full-on sexually assaulting a man, is this scene. Louis Gossett Jr. gets through. He makes it up to Nikolai. What happens here? So This is amazing. The president walks down the same black hallway. It's just him and Nikolai now. Yes. And Nikolai is like, hello, we've been expecting you. So cool. Oh, he also appears behind the president. Yeah, Which is so good. And he's just like, hey, bitch. Yeah. What's up? Immediately, doesn't even waste time, pulls out the pistol. Points it right at his fucking face. That's right. And then and then Nikolai crushes the transponder that he That's right. managed to, you know, d- not divinely, anti-divinely, uh, take from the <laughs> president uh, and crushes it. And he's like, oh, did you need this? And then in what is yet another great moment in this movie, Nikolai says real quick. Just before you shoot me, I have to show you one thing. And a bunch of screens pop on. That's right, baby. And World War Three has motherfucking begun. That's right, This movie's baby. so good, man. It, like, like, it has all these things happen. And stacks them up for maximum tension. It actually is pretty good. Yeah, the tension is... I mean, World War Three is fucking World starting War III outside starts the window. right then. And... That will have some implications that we'll get into. And so basically, missiles are going off, explosions, cities are cities are on fire. It is happening. It is too late. And so Nikolai's like, it's too late. Yeah. World War III's begun. I'm killing everybody already. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And at this time, a security guy is standing behind Nikolai, has come behind him. Yeah. And he's our, realized something is up. He's gone up the yeah. elevator. And Louis Gossett Jr. has just decided he's not going to like chance it anymore. And just fucking opens fire. Unloads a whole ass clip on Nikolai. Nikolai, unharmed. That's right, The baby. security guard behind him, fucking Shot dead. Shot to death. Presidential kill count. Two. <laughs> two. I mean, I guess the whole world, if you're including yeah. his culpability. Right. But he is personally shot. Two people. It's a great shot, too. Like, you see yeah. Nikolai's vest exploding right. as he remains unharmed. Mm-hmm. And then you see the security guard go down behind him. And uh, Nikolai's got some great lines, like, uh, in here. And he's like, hmm, ah, I guess you can't help me. And then he uses his Antichrist powers to force Louis Gossett Jr. to hold the gun to his own temple. Yes! This is great filmmaking! God! And, and then he's like... All right, I'm done with you, basically. Yeah, well, he has this moment where he's like, what do you think? Did you finish the clip? Is it empty? Louis Gossett Jr. acting his damn heart out. You see the tension in his Mm -hmm. hand as he is trying Mm -hmm. to keep himself from pulling the trigger. And then he's like, ah, 
Nikolai's like, why don't you put that down before you hurt yourself? And he's able <laughs> to put the gun down. And then he starts force choking the president. He starts force choking the president, lifting him into this the air. Darth Vader style. Darth Vader shit. It's so good. And you see Louis hands on his neck yep. as he's uh, trying to stop himself from choking. And Nikolai says, thanks for dropping by, but it's time for you to go. And casts him out of this like 20 story tall building. And he falls to the ground and lands on a car. That's right. The classic shot. Person falls from building, lands smack dab in the center of a car. It's so good. It's fucking filmmaking, man. That's action movie making 101. The Antichrist is tossing the president out of the building. How can you not love this movie? But there's a twist. mm -hmm. The hand of God protected the president and he is un- harmed yeah yeah you see him cough a little blood but he's still kicking baby and nikolai watches as the president scurries away into the darkness and he looks down and then he's like that's not humanly possible and then he looks up at the sky and goes is it (laughs) (laughs) it's so good i love this fucking movie you know what? I, if you'd asked me my favorite movie before this, it'd be some pretentious nonsense like The Master. But no, now my favorite movie is Left Behind. Move three. aside, oh, Yorgos. Move aside, Paul Thomas Anderson. There is a new king in town, and his name is Paul Lalonde. <laughs> so now, what? where do we go from here? Yeah, so, okay. Um, I Chloe is now sick. Chloe is sick. Chloe has gone down. But Buck has another mission. Yes. So the movie finally catches up. Buck has been having a dark night of the soul. Yes. He's been stuck in his apartment, waiting on God to tell him what to do. God told him to stay, and he's furious. He's oh, like, yeah. This isn't the God I know. <laughs> like, what? I should I should be with my wife. I should be doing something. Buck realizes he has a new mission. A new mission. Buck realizes he can't go to his wife. He realizes it's fine. It's, too, it's God's will. It's They've God's made a will. big point of saying... We only die when God is ready for it. There's someone else he needs to go to now. Yeah. And so the movie finally catches up to its cold open with the president in the flaming White House. Who shows the fuck up in the flaming White House to help the president, yep. Michael? So Who co- helps the president in his dark night of the soul? That's right. Buck fucking Williams. He's there, baby. He's there. He just wanders it. I will say, this is some fucking cinema. Buck Williams walks up to him. Handsome Kirk Cameron face. His hair is good in this movie. It's His like hair short, is good in this It's movie. really nice. Flames around him, and he's like, sir. Yeah, I have been sent here to see you. And there's a great callback to the opening shot, because right at the end of the president's mm-hmm. opening monologue, you see a pair of feet step into the frame. That's and right. Like, oh, shit, somebody's here to kill the president. No. And now you get the same scene, except now we know it is Buck. Buck who has waited. Buck who had to abandon his wife. That's Buck right. has been sent by God to find President Louis Gossett Jr. in this moment and do what? Give him a six or seven minute alter. Yes. And this is... The only, say, it's the only one they get. It's the only one they get. I I love this actually because in the previous movie there are like six or seven oh ultra my God. balls every so single many. minute. They cannot get through a scene without being like, "Are you familiar with this road? It's in Rome. Let me talk to you about <laughs> it." And you can tell Kirk was a little unhappy with yep. this picture. Oh yeah. And some of the stuff I was reading goes, "Yeah, you know, it's a little more varied in its message this time." But Kirk. Like, you can just feel the negotiations where Kirk walks in the studio and says, I want five altar calls in this movie. <laughs> and and Paul Lalonde looks at him and goes, you can only have one, but it's going to be with the president. In the White House. While it's on fire around you. It's so good. you got to earn it. It's the first rule of filmmaking. You have to earn it. And as best as these fuckers can do it, <laughs> they earned it. And they sit down and they have this long conversation. Yeah. 
and Buck lays it out for him, lays out he's a sinner, lays out that, like, he's not with his wife because he knows where his wife's going to go. Yeah, the president this is, is like, important. why aren't you with your dying wife? And he goes, listen, my wife's going to heaven. You, Mr. President, aren't. <laughs> and Louis Gossett Jr. adds as much gravitas to the scene as he possibly can. I think you can really feel, because this is, what I love about this scene, everyone yes. else who gets saved in the Left Behind series, it's like magical. It's like, it's like they just, they go from being angry at God to yep. fully on board immediately. This is the one time in this entire series, which unfortunately ends after this one. Yes. Uh, I know, I... I, I I cannot. I'm so sad. Like this this salvation moment is informed by regret. And you really feel the weight of like President Louis Gossett Jr. regretting not only his own personal failings, and let's take a moment to acknowledge that like Louis Gossett Jr. is a great actor who yes. spent a long time mixed up in like drugs, alcohol. Totally. And, uh, like like there's some regrets he's had in his life, and mm -hmm. he personally found God that I think is coming to bear in this moment. But then also like as the president that he has built this horror show, all this burning around That's him. Right. The president was instrumental in making this happen, and you feel that regret in this. And there's a moment at the end after the president gives his life to Christ where he says, amen. Mm -hmm. And he says it with this air of like, now fucking what? That's right. Like he throws his hands and he's just like, amen. Like, That's right. And it's beautiful. It's, it's beautiful. It's it actually has pathos. It really is there. Making an altar call have pathos. Damn. Well done. Hard to do. Hard to do. Okay. So the president now. The president is now saved. The president is a Christian now. Let's take a moment to appreciate that there are exactly two people in the White House as it is under fire, and it is the president, Buck Williams. Like, this is the most lonely president it's, of all time. His coolest. Secret Service has not existed from, oh, like, yeah. day two. Yeah, like, they're, done. they're done. They're and, done. And they're just sitting in the burning White House. It's still on fire. Yeah. No, it's- They should get out. They walk, th like, from the burning Oval Office- mm -hmm. Through just like a hallway of active flames. It's, it's awesome. so good. It's a great shot. And the president's like, I got to go back. The president has a plan now. He has a mission. Mm -hmm. and because everybody thinks he betrayed them when World War III started. That's right. They think that when he went and didn't kill him, how did you miss him at Point Blank Rage? How did you not kill oh, him? Yeah, that's such a good scene. They, we should have co covered. They think... Dan there's so much in this movie. Yeah, there's there's too much to get. But yes, he goes back to the militia prior to him being at the White House. Mm -hmm. And they're like, you shot a full clip at him from point blank range. And it didn't, yeah. like you missed. And they realize like, oh, the president must have betrayed us. And you see the president of Egypt being like, I'll kill you myself if I get the chance. And then Carolyn thinks about executing the president yes. for treason, his, basically. His, his paramour pulls a gun on him and she's crying <laughs> because she thinks that the president has betrayed her and the whole country. And then it never explains, by the way, how he leaves. She just lets him yeah. go, I guess, but you don't actually see that. She's and got that's to, what gets him to the White she's House. She's got the hots from him. But now. Now he realizes because even though he's saved now, he owes he has to save the country. That's and right. he cannot kill Nikolai. But you know what he can do? Slow him down. That's right. So he shows back up at, at the same and by the way, at the same time, uh Buck realizes that he has to go be with his wife. Yes, he realizes that now is the time for him to be with Chloe. So Buck takes off for Chloe. The president shows back up. At New York. To they, the same headquarters. From the White House. Yeah. It apparently took, took him like five minutes. And now he, re he doesn't have a plan beyond like God is going to have to lead him. Yeah, he, know, he has one transponder left. That's right. If he can get in the room, he can call a missile down on that location. That's right. And, and so that's all he's trying to do. 
betraying entertainingly a huge misunderstanding of how missiles work this is not a secret place everyone knows where Nikolai's office you know where it is, is but it's very good so now he is walking back into the building but now he has the power of god on his side That's right and god decides he's like i doesn't know what to say he doesn't know what to do so god lets him walk past guards and they can't see him he's invisible that's right he is unscathed the 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 elevator doors open and they shut mm-hmm. and he gets up and he has managed to get up there and be unseen to Nikolai. But so, he knows he can't hurt Nikolai. But he can slow him down if the building's destroyed. Yeah, and they have this great conversation where Nikolai's like, what are you doing back here? And he's like, uh, you know, I, I'm here. You know, I was your right-hand man. And Nikolai's like, don't flatter yourself. You'd be surprised who my right hand is. <laughs> I don't good. know what that means, but it's cool. I mean, it means Satan, but also potentially masturbation. It's hard to say. <laughs> I mean, he is Polly in this movie. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's sucking and fucking a lot. Good for him. Yeah, Nikolai's hot. Uh, you see Nikolai chatting with uh, other world leaders to see that That's World War III right. is going on. In well. Chinese. Yeah. The two world leaders are Russia and China. <laughs> Imagine Christians thinking Russia's bad, like Weird. you said. Weird. Can't can't actually envision it. So he walks in, and uh, they have their final countdown, That's and right. then uh, Louis Gossett Jr. holds up the transponder, and he says, "He says maybe you don't see everything all the time, and you see the missile coming behind Nikolai, and there is a massive explosion." It's awesome and then the building blows up the building blows the fuck up again demonstrating that you probably didn't need to personally be there but the president has now sacrificed his life to try to end nikolai because that's what matters is that he had to he he got saved but it's his fault in part that we're here and so he gave himself up to slow down nikolai that's right and then you get one final scene of Chloe having just received communion, realizing that the true antidote, the vaccine, the thing that is going to save all of Christianity is, in fact, red wine. And she's doing way better. Yeah, she's fine. She's good. Steve's dead. Right. But she's recovered. Everyone else is recovering because it turns out, as the Bible says, communion is life. Communion right. gives life. It turns out that was literal. Another. Another another great moment of okay. national treasure style uh, and then buck and chloe are reunited at last it's they can so dick good. down again it's so good i don't I, know if they've had sex i i don't think they've had the opportunity until now nice. but it's just i i cannot get over communion wine being the vaccine like oh, it's it's so funny that like all you had to do was just drink this blessed wine. <laughs> James <laughs> Steve's fucking dead. I also love it because in this world, all of the Christians got this horrible illness, but of course none of them drink wine. So only once they've done communion <laughs> can anyone figure this out. It's, it's, <laughs> it's so it's good. It's red wine. It's so good. And then we cut back to the final shot of this movie, which is so good. Zach, take me through it. So the building is in rubble. Yes. Flames are everywhere. You've got a little bit of wobbly heat. Mm-hmm. And who appears out of the flames and wobbly heat? Walking unscathed from the rubble. Nikolai Carpathia That's himself. Right, Just striding out. Straight towards the camera with Big a fuck you it. look on his face. That's right. And you follow him all the way in until it's just his face. And then it puts a red tint on his face and it cuts to black. Ah! What a fucking movie. What a fucking What a movie. fucking B movie. I enjoyed the ever loving shit about I rewatched this. this. Absolutely. I I just listen, 
Assassin 33 AD, I love you. Oh, yes. I love you. I love you for being totally up your own ass about time travel, for really caring about all your various timelines. I you you were my first true great love of vaguely science fiction yes. Christian fiction. But man, this movie just makes me wish so much for what could have been. Yes, if Sony had stayed involved and all these people they made magic. Yeah. Like, we didn't even get into because there was too much happening. Hattie's pregnant with the Antichrist baby. Oh, we didn't baby. even get to that. We didn't even have time for We didn't for get it. to the Antichrist She's baby. She's three months pregnant with the Antichrist baby. Oh, man. That is such a great scene where Rayford's wife just intuits. Just knows because women be knowing things. Women be knowing things that, like, Hattie is pregnant. And it's implied that that's why she was trying to seduce Rayford so she could have that's right. someone else pretend to be the father of her baby. It's so good. That's why she tried to me too Rayford so hard. It's it's so good. Look, okay, it, it is a well-known fact that when women are three months pregnant, they get a little rapey. Okay, all right. <laughs> that and this qu- has been... <laughs> that quote will never be used against me. In any context ever. No, I just... This was so much fun. This felt like delivering yes. on the promise of what yes. Left Behind should be. A blood-drenched escapade yeah. through the death of nations. Like, yeah! It, it, and, and somewhere in there, the president gets saved and then sacrifices himself. It was such a smart call. Like, I don't think we fully emphasize how much this movie is about president. Yes. Like, no, Buck he's is, the lead. He is, he, is, he is top build in the cast. Yeah. Like, Kirk, step aside. There's a new man in town. <laughs> and he just fucking brings it home the entire way through this has got some real harrison ford energy Mm. to it that you just you can't replicate without Mm. without some genuine quality in this actually star power movie i had so much fun and i am so mad at you timothy LaHaye. i'm so glad you're fucking dead not just because you were an evangel evangelical mega pastor who hated abortion and evolution and did nothing but terrible shit your entire time but because you held up production so long that the next thing they had to do was a Nicolas Cage reboot. And I love Nicolas Cage, but this is not where Nicolas Cage should be. But you know what? The one thing I know about that reboot, there's no Nikolai in it. It's just on the plane. It's supposed to be boring. That's a fucking mistake. Let Nicolas Cage do beautiful films like Pig. Keep him him away from this. That's right, baby. No, it's, uh, I just, I so long for the follow-up to this movie that just keeps exploding the stakes, keeps getting crazier, keeps following the insanity that's in the book. And instead what we get, and maybe we'll do this one day, is another reboot. Tim LaHaye's grandson did a YA version <laughs> of Left Behind that is taking all of its imp- uh, like inspiration from the like late 2000s, early 2010s, like Twilight Maze Runner shit. Yes. And while I am excited to see that... <laughs> And looking forward to recording an episode on it. I just want more of this. I just, this is, because here's why. We're about to let you go. But this finally lived up to our vision for what this could be. An insane, reactionary, but big movie about what Christians think the world is. And it's so much fun to spend time in a world where Christians are getting shot, where the president is becoming saved and fighting the Antichrist. Where Bibles are getting gassed. It's just... Where, where like Antifa, it, where like terrorists are coming up on snowmobiles and Christian Antifa, or excuse me, the militia is shooting them all at once. Like there is just, there's so much verve, so much interesting shit occurring that like, I just want to spend more time in this space. I, I will watch any movie that opens on a White House in ruins. Full stop, no question. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just honestly, there are, I can't actually imagine, I've never seen a Christian film 
that fully realize the vision of how they actually see the world. And it's really satisfying because of yeah, that. Yeah, and it's got some great movie-ass movie shit in it yes. all the way through. It never stops, forget. it never forgets that it's a fucking action movie. You can tell a non-Christian writer punched the shit out of this up. Maybe, but they're not they're not credited. No, I still feel like they did, but maybe not. Regardless, it's incredible. It's, I had so much fun. It's so much fun. I, I just want more. Let's let's go find at like some director's cut somewhere. Oh. Let's go find it in a church basement because they released this movie in 3600 churches. That's so wild to me. Let's get let's uh let's get Kirk Kirk on the line. It's been a fun let's few Let's get Louie on the line. Yes. It's been a fun few weeks doing this. It's been really good. I I'm really happy that we were able to bring this home on such a high note. Me too. It's me been too. it's been a really good time. So with that said, my name is Michael Tabor. You can find me at Michael Tabor. My name's Zachary Allard. You can find me at Zachary underscore Allard. Follow the pod at shitty underscore pod. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you after the rapture.